It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. How you doing? This is Gary Garver. In today's society, the majority of people are not getting enough sleep. I know I'm not. If you're like me and having problems getting a good night's rest, whether it's health or stress-related, I have a solution for you. South Pacific Sleep Lab. South Pacific Sleep Lab will do an evaluation of your sleep pattern and will provide a comprehensive study so you can start getting a restful, peaceful night of sleep. They take all types of insurance, which will cover your cost of the evaluation, and they will even provide transportation to their offices at no cost to you. For more information, contact Tony at 310-999-1887. That's 310-999-1887. Tony even stays awake all night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you can sleep better and rest easy. South Pacific Sleep Lab, start feeling better and getting a great night of sleep today. This episode of the House of Mystery is brought to you by Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. LegacyFoodStorage.com New U.S. sanctions on Iran took effect today. Six months after President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the international nuclear deal. The sanctions targeted Iran's shipping, financial, and energy sectors, all key to the country's already struggling economy. The bombs, which the FBI referred to as improvised explosive devices, were sent to the FBI's bomb laboratory in Quantico, Virginia. We're in Mexico again tonight as thousands of migrants try to find a faster way to the U.S. border. The White House says it's now getting help from the Mexican Breaking news out of Pittsburgh. The man accused in the shooting at the uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh is pleading not guilty, and he also wants a jury trial. He's facing a 44 count. So, in the final seconds before the Boeing 737 Max crashed into the water, it was traveling at more than 500 kilometers an hour. All 189 people on board were killed. You've now entered the House of Mystery. Crime, conspiracy, history, and science. With your hosts, Al Warren, Mike Brown, Julie Saab, Michael Butterfield, Dr. Joseph Usinski, and Michael Hawley. 
We are back on air. We are on the air. Yeah. You wearing your mask? I uh, I don't wear a mask when I'm talking to you because because <laughs> I'm dirty. Ugh. Oh, not the case. No. Um, so um, here we go. Let's you, do it. Are you excited? I am. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. I tell you, what a crazy, crazy. Um, Weekend and week, hey? Uh, so another shooting in the States. Yeah, this time seven times in the back. You know, I was really surprised. Uh, not, not that, you know, I mean, it seems to be kind of a regular occurrence, but I was really shocked at uh, how blatant it was and, and how I would think if I was a cop, I'd be kind of watching myself. Mm. Or do, am I being uh, too... Cause no. I'm, I kind of I watched the video and yeah. I kind of understand how it happened. Um, it it makes sense that it happened, but the the whole reason that it went down the way it did was because the police were afraid of this guy to begin with. Oh, they okay. see, uh, they see a person of color who's upset, and they treat it like it's the most dangerous thing in the world. So when he runs for his car and opens the driver's side door and starts to rummage around inside, they don't know there's kids inside the, the car, one of whom is, is uh, a, apparently his eight-year-old son, whose birthday it was. Um, they, the police don't know that, so they think, I see a black man who is going into his car. I've seen a lot of movies and other John Wayne kind of stuff. He must be going to pull out a gun. He could have been telling the kids, it's going to be okay. Daddy's gonna be okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but that's not what they are trained in this militaristic way to think. He is going for a weapon. He's not complying with the commands that we're giving him. So our lives are in danger. They weren't at all. Yeah, and, that sort of for me it always surprises me because he was trying to break up a fight between two girls apparently. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's always something minor like that, or it's you know a, 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 a car infraction. You know, the left his tail light wasn't working, or right. he didn't use a signal. It's always these stupid little infractions that really mean nothing, and they're not really any huge danger. They're like a ticket offense at most, right? Yeah. So I don't understand why these all these stupid little offenses turn into uh, being shot seven times. Well, I think because the people of color who are being pulled over or questioned or, you know, they're afraid. So they act like they've seen they've seen George Floyd being kneeled on for, you know, however many minutes it took for that cop to kill that guy. They've seen the videos. So they're they too, people of color will probably be thinking, I'm in danger. And <laughs> When you're scared, that's the way you react. You react in weird ways. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's messed up. <laughs> this whole thing is just messed up. 
Take away the bloody guns, like really. Yeah, and, and well, and train them better, I guess. I don't know what. Uh, it, it certainly happens in the U.S. more than anywhere. And what's that? Um, now, so some 17-year-old goes and kills protesters? A white guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, I mean, everybody was having issues there. There was another gun in the crowd. So, you know, it wasn't that he he was just shooting randomly. There was an, an altercation and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not defending this guy at all. Everybody there was an idiot. Everybody was being an idiot. Well, you know? what's, I've seen a picture of him, and he, he looks like a, uh, you know, kind of a, a geek. And he's walking through with a rifle that's as big as he is. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. wrong with that picture? Like, I, I couldn't imagine my parents allowing me to walk through the street like that. Well, if that was a black guy walking down the road with a rifle like that, what what do you think would happen to him? <laughs> oh, he'd be full of holes. Full of holes. And he wouldn't even have to raise the weapon at anybody. He would have been filled full of holes. But this kid get to walk away, you know? Right, just, and, and apparently he's being, I guess on Fox, Tucker Carlson said he was a hero. Right, exactly. Here we go. This kind of crap. Which I, I, I don't understand that type of mentality, this us versus them. And what does he mean by, oh, he's a hero and he should be uh, honored and all this stuff. I'm thinking, what? You're, for you're, going up against the BLM guys because Fox News thinks that they're terrorists. Which is crazy. Um, yeah, there there's bad people, bad people that get mixed in with protesters that destroy things. That's sure. always gone on, yeah. always. And uh, but it doesn't take away the fact of what they're protesting. Just practice, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and the NBA, so they sat out. They wouldn't even play, eh? What? Yeah, because of the shooting and the protests. Yesterday's game, the playoff game. In fact, they. Um, they just didn't even bother playing. They stayed in the uh, locker room for four hours. Whoa. And at the same time, the guy reporting the news, I guess he's an ex-NBA player, champion, mm -hmm. on on um, Sportsnet down there, I guess TSN. Not Barkley, but someone else. Um, he walked off the set. Wow. And now they're saying that they might not play any more games, period. So I, you know, it's it's definitely this one's really um, mm. drawing the the attention, and you know, and and, and the, you know, the crazy thing is, what is that? Um, Haley coming, you know, the uh, woman she was speaking at the Republican convention, and she's all the one that looked like a witch. Yeah, and she's the <laughs> old. Uh, she's she was the old. Uh, um, she was like a. Um, can't remember now, but she worked in the government before. But she's actually up there saying at the convention that um, uh, people have been talked into thinking that the United States is a racist country. That it's talked, not. Yeah. In. She said it's not real. Mm. It's just they're just telling you that, but it's not real. There's no racists in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, statement that statement alone is racist. <laughs> I just I just can't understand how 
that can be your speaking point into vote, f- you know, to vote for for us, the Republicans, because oh, there's no racists here. Yeah, it's it's not true. It's it's just all fake. Um, the media is just telling you that, and it didn't really happen. None of this does. And and I'm thinking, wow, um, what an insult. Yeah, it's disgusting. I I I just don't know where it's going to end. Um, I, I, it's, it's a real, real ugly mess, um, to see, uh, well, all of this happen. And somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, but not in a good place. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it seems like more and more, uh, this is the longest running, um, protest I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't recall it. Uh, I don't recall anything being longer longer more protracted as far as protests go i really don't no it's not ending in cities like portland and stuff it's still every every night every day um Mm. nothing changes i just i worry because i don't know nothing is is getting done Mm. you know i'm not seeing any change no um so i don't know and the election's getting close well well, a couple months. Yeah, and but things could change in a big way in a couple of months too. Yeah, it's hard to say what's going to happen, right? Um, we'll we'll see how it's going to go and and what people do, and I don't know. I I don't see how you could not. I I, I don't understand why you would vote for Trump. I really don't. Not the people are doing it. Yeah, you know whether you know. I guess it's the ideal behind what he's standing for that they're voting for, not... If you have to hold your nose and go, you probably shouldn't be doing it, you know? <laughs> if it, you know maybe, look at that. Why do, why do I have to hold my nose for a political, uh, a political candidate? If I do, I'm not going to vote for them. I'm, I'm kind of done with that. That's why the two-party system down there is so screwed up. Yeah. There's no proportional representation. Um, You know, you look at countries in Europe that have it, and everybody has a say. Even the crazies have a say, but they should. Like, let's let's have a real democracy here, because this two-party nonsense is not real democracy. It's like, okay, we don't... You see the memes. We would rather have, uh, you know, what's her name, uh, the one who's too young to run, and uh, Bernie Sanders than Biden and uh, Camilla or whatever, and <laughs> Kamala Harris. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, and it's like, well, if that's the case, then there's a problem with the way your system works. If there's no no candidates that that are really attractive to you, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad, you know, the way it's going. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen now, but uh, another day, another TikTok. Exactly. Oh, TikTok. <laughs> You're not doing TikTok videos? No, I'm Why? not great enough to do those. Well, I thought you'd be on there dancing and... <sighs> I've got I've got enough craziness to deal with. <laughs> uh yeah, it's certainly interesting uh, the way it's going. And um, let's see, still no cure. Oh, there, yeah, 
Except for in Russia. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? You know, uh, he his his biggest competitor gets poisoned. Oh, again. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It, what is. Is it just me, or is it? Do you, do people not realize that, or they just don't see it? Oh, I think they realize it. Uh, I have a friend in Russia who she lives in Moscow, and people are well aware of what's going on. They are just not saying anything because if you do, you're a dissident, and uh, that's that for you. And you end up having tea at the Kremlin. Exactly. <laughs> So the next time Putin invites you for tea, you say, no, thank you. I saw that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> ah, that was kind of clever, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so clever. Speaking of clever. So today, um, what can I say? Uh, we have um, an interesting um, author on. Yeah. And he's been writing in quite a few categories. Uh, and I say that because uh, it's not just, you know, crime fiction with different varieties. He also writes children's books, uh, science fiction, and horror. So, I wish I had that diversity of mind. I really don't, though. <laughs> I'm kind of one track. Once I'm on that track, i got to be there for a while. I guess, I guess you have to be, right? You kind of... Because I always have, he said, what did he say? He has 21 stories on 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 going right now, and I'm thinking it's got on the shelf. Yeah, is that that's a that's a lot. That is a lot. Yep. I mean, I have I have five or six, but they're all in the same category. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're all sort of you're putting evidence and things together, but it's all sort of running in the same direction so uh pretty amazing um so his name is ea green cool and we'll talk about his book called real skin i think that's the latest and uh and uh and we'll, we'll just talk about writing and and what he's done and and the different books he's done and uh um where's his uh you know where it comes from and and his influences and things like that so it's always good he's kind of a, a newer writer as well and uh just getting going but he's got a lot of books out for a fairly new writer mm -hmm. so that comes up after the break uh and it's been uh we've had pretty interesting uh couple of weeks on i know we just had uh um that uh that just aired the uh matt uh Birkbeck. Yes. Yep. That was a he. He was a really good interview. That was. Uh, it's really yeah. good when you have something like that. It's a, it's really, um, really informative and someone that really knows what they're doing. You know. Yeah, he's been down the road. Yeah, not like me. You know, like a a, a better road than I've been on. <laughs> I look like 
30 miles of bad road. <laughs> Me, I just fall down on the road. I cannot believe I fell down. Yeah, how did that go about? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, You know, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't on pills. I wasn't smoking pot. I don't smoke pot anymore. But I don't get it. I just I I went to step up on on the sidewalk curb because uh, everything is uh, you know they have one entrance you know so to get to the drugstore you have to go through the whole uh, you know um, medical building and all that and uh, so I stepped up and uh, I don't know I went down on all fours. You missed the step. No, I hit the step and I started falling. With yeah, well, yeah. No, I hit the step with my with my uh, shoe, and I and I started for some reason falling forward, and I couldn't stop. Good gosh! And both knees, both elbows, one hand, one face, my right eye. <laughs> I have to get you a C and I dog or something. You know, yeah. What good am I? I had both dogs with me, and neither one of them stopped it. <laughs> what good my dogs are! And it's dog day. Dog dogs official. Look. My God, what good is having a dog if they all they do is they run the other way, right? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, so I, I was all bandaged up, and and I just needed a wheelchair. <laughs> I, I'm serious, you know, and uh, and 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 yeah, and I've almost finished that book. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one because don't. <laughs> don't. Oh. Because I've done a show on it, you you already know that, but um, I covered this on my show, and you have some new information that uh, that nobody else really has, so it's going to be pretty fascinating, especially because you had access to the killer himself. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, and he's pretty disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, most of them are. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know. You don't want them to be, oh my gosh, I really love that guy. I would I'd rather not read a book where it's just like, oh, this guy who killed his whole family is really nice. Yeah, he's got great. No, actually, I, but, but, do you, well, I mean, he wasn't even interesting. Um, you know, cause even, and I say that in the fact that Stephen Port, you know, the, the grinder killer and that, all of his letters, and he sent all those pictures and all that stuff. He was kind of an interesting character. Mm. Uh, that's all. Just this guy's not even interesting. And I don't know, I guess that's a terrible thing to say, right? But um, anyway, so yeah, that's getting done, and I'm getting all sorts of uh, tips and emails. From locals. Yeah. You know, I've done two presses on it, and I'm getting all this feedback from it and uh, getting all sorts of information, but most of it's turning out to be kind of gossip. Yeah, gossip is is sort of par for the course when it's a small town like the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's only a town of 4,000, so people really know each other's business, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they, they really, everyone knows everyone. You, you have to in a small town like that. Yeah. But um, most of it's kind of not, you take it with a grain of salt. Well, some of it sounds interesting, but then when you go to verify some of it, it's not exactly how it is, you know, it's not. It's never true, you know, so I don't know. You just kind of, you know, see how that goes. Um, but no death threats yet. 
Well, that is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so that I'm I'm hoping that comes out in September. Everything goes well, and we get it all together for them. Um, cool. And your book is um, not due for it comes out next year, doesn't it? Or is it? I believe, yeah. Yeah, but I'm my you know I'm finished my first draft. I'm waiting on um, I think it's your forward. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. No, I didn't. No, I know. It's somewhere in the middle because I've got um, three books I'm doing them for. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Why would anybody want me to? Well, you and I deal with each other, and you've taught me a lot about our getting what what it goes through, all the process that you go through, so... I really appreciate. That's why I asked you because I appreciate our relationship. So, oh well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a nice thing. It's I'll do something nice. No, actually, they're fine. I don't mind. Uh, they they yeah, just it's uh, an idiot, is all. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Although, if that's what you write, that would probably fit too. No, no, nothing like that. Nothing. <laughs> never, never. So, anyway, so that's so that's the thrill. I don't think anything else exciting is going on in the world. I I haven't heard if it is. Um, oh, Canada's got a new leader for the Conservative Party. Oh. Yep, his name is O'Toole, and you, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rather fitting. Could you imagine having that name through school? He wants to make Canada great again. Yeah, I saw that. What was his, his slogan? Was you know, take Canada back? Yeah, from who? That's kind of what I wanted to ask. Yeah, <laughs> who who do you need to take Canada back from? And I've seen the little the meme of the little girl of color asking him exactly who are you referring to? Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I guess it's just that time that when. When people go that way, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, hopefully it won't last long. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. But uh, anyway, so you got quite a while here. Yeah. So you got Tool. Yeah. Lucky us. Yeah. Actually, he's younger than Trudeau. Hey. Really? Yeah. He's two years younger. He looks um, like a little fart. Yeah, it really surprised me because they were saying he's actually two years younger than Trudeau. I'm thinking, holy cow. Wow. He had some rough time. Right? Yeah. God, something bad happened to him. Just look at him. What happened? <laughs> wow. He must have had uh, more than COVID. Uh, who knows? So now masks are becoming mandatory in... Uh, uh, what now? It's Walmart, Costco, and Save on Foods. Now, yeah, I went into Walmart the other day to pick up some stuff, and everybody in there was wearing a mask, and they had uh, the stuff by the door. They had a couple of bruisers by the door to make sure that everybody was wearing a mask. I wore, I was wearing one as I went in, but when I got in there, I noticed there was one girl not wearing a mask, and she was waiting in line for the. Uh, for the pharmacy, so I presume she might be somebody who maybe medically can't wear one. 
So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into it with somebody if they're not wearing. It's none of my business. But uh, a lot of people were giving her the hairy eyeball. So. Oh, I couldn't imagine having hair in my eye. Right. The um well the, you know they say uh, now today on on the uh, the news I guess the CDC is saying not to confront anybody that's not wearing a mask. You shouldn't. No. They say, yeah, they say do not confront anybody. Yeah, because it's not a none of your business, and b you have no idea that like I said whether or not they have a medical condition or a psychological condition that prevents them from wearing, wearing a mask. And it's just going to cause a fight. Yeah, but they, th- those fights sure look fun, some of them. <laughs> now, that girl, did you see this in Detroit? Um, they pronounced her dead and they had her in the, in the home? Yeah, she was in the funeral home and then uh, she was not dead. Yeah, they were they were getting ready to um, remove her blood, and they were going to fill her full of the um, you know that the embalming fluid, the embalming fluid, and um, they say she'll actually be damaged from this because they did put some in her. Oh yeah, yeah, so, it's, it definitely will damage your organs. Wow! wow. But yeah. how does that happen? How, That's how, a question. Like that? That's crazy. I wonder, you know, and I and I don't mean okay. Just okay. So they pronounce her dead. So whatever happened happened. She's not breathing, and they, whoever it was, said okay, she's dead, and they take her in. But how could she be non-responsive for that much time? I don't know. That's really a weird thing, and that goes back to that whole the idea of the eighteen hundreds people getting buried with like a bell system to alert their relatives that they're not dead after they're buried. And, wow. you know, people are people have a real fear of that, being buried alive or, you know. But with the light, if you, if they had embalmed her, it would have killed her. <laughs> yeah. Would have been dead. And she was only 20. Yeah. 20, 20 years old. So uh, not not an old person, but wow. Could you imagine what kind of trauma you're, you're going to live through after that? Either that or she'll write a book and we'll have her on the show. <laughs> yeah, she'll be, she'll be on Nancy Grace. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us, how on earth did you not know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, put her up, bring her up. <laughs> oh, and, and so what's this? Now, the hurricane hitting Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it every time? I, you know, I'll get assaulted for this, but how come there's people that they're on there and like, I'm going to sit it out. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on it. What does that mean? Well, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just go back to think, uh, thinking about uh, the man. His name was Harry Truman, but it wasn't Harry S. Truman. It was Harry something else Truman, uh, who was the guy who sat through um, Mount St. Helens. When it went off, he oh, had the yeah. lodge, the lodge there, and he decided, "Yep, yeah, I'm just going to stay." This is a story in my book, so that's why I'm more familiar with it. But uh, yeah, he decides, "I'm just going to stay here." And I've thought about that. What prompted him to want to sit through that? And I think a big part of it is. I- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Just, you know, I just don't. I'm maybe I'm kind of done. Maybe I don't want to live in a world where my my place doesn't exist. So sentimentally attached to his his home that uh you yeah. know. Yeah, there has to be. Then it's going to take it. Yeah. And with it. Yeah, it has to be something like that because I don't understand it because um, something that big and devastating is coming. It's, you know, there's there's no, you're not going to survive. No. Uh, it just sort of confuses me. Don't understand it. But um, you're probably right. It's something else going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows? But yeah, I, mean, I think it's less related to the actual situation than something else that's going on with the person. Yeah, they must be done. Yeah. So that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of done, I guess it's time to take a break and, and, and make the listeners listen to this, you know. <laughs> the, what, the ads? Yeah. yeah. Make them listen to that. And then when we come back, we will talk to Mr. E.A. Green. All right. being prepared. Go now to LegacyFoodStorage.com. Use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off. Quick, go. of mystery and we are at the interview part of the show uh today we have a uh 
an, an author that writes, sci, I believe, mainly sci-fi, but we'll talk to him about that. Uh, E.A. Green, who his book here that we've seen, the new one, is A Real Skin. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Ed. How are you guys doing these days? Well, we're good. We're pretty good. Yeah, so, breathing in and out is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you've got. Um, so tell me about this book, Real Skin. Um, what's the premise behind it? Um, well, Real Skin is my first stab at. I called it a crime thriller, uh, but I actually like one of my fans. They said it is a cyberpunk crime thriller because it does involve androids and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's my first stab at it. I just happened to be watching the news a while back and saw where a group of firefighters had to go to a storage unit. And for some reason, the idea popped in my head, let's go dark with it, just think of what they might have found. <laughs> and so when I kind of started thinking about it, I was like, you know what, that'd make a great book. Wow, there you go. Well, so how do you create the characters and stuff in it? Like, where does that come from? Is it people you kind of know or people you've met? Um, no, actually, my characters just kind of pop in my head. Now, not to say that, let's say I'll remember something a friend might have said or did or, you know, different phrases from life from other people. I do work that in. So, yeah, they do have a human aspect of people I know. But most of my characters are pretty much just generic, and they just pop in my head. Um, this is the first character, though, that has never done that. Um, I was going to put my best friend in one of my books, and the book I was going to put him in, he pretty much dies right off the bat. And he wasn't going to have that, so I decided to put him into this book, and he uh, plays Detective Jarrett Jefferson. Wow. Give him a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so what is um, real skin and fake skin? Like, what do you mean by that with the title? Well, um, you're going to meet a serial killer in the book. And the serial killer collects skin samples, but they, they don't know that just yet when they find that's what's inside the storage unit is basically those little light boxes you see where they put x-rays in front of. Well, he has little bitty microscopic slides with a skin sample on each slide with a date. And so that's what they find. And throughout the book, you're going to hear advertisements from AWRS, Androids with Real Skin. And so while he's uh, doing his detective work, I throw these in periodically because at the end of the book, they're going to have a value. You're going to find out just how involved this company is. And so what the company is doing is at this time they sell sex dolls. And they have somehow mastered it to where their dolls actually have real skin, not latex. Wow. So, so now the idea of the serial killer um, – how do, you, how do you create a serial kill, like the M.O. and all that? How do you put that together in a story like this? Well, when he started selecting, keeping skin samples, that's his trophies. 
And so um, got to think, well, what's he doing with the body? What's he doing with the person? You know, so I had to come up with an idea, and that's where Androids with Real Skin come in. And so down the road, you'll find out that, that uh, he has something to do with this company and what he's doing with the rest of the skins. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my, my publisher says I've got issues. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Nothing if they like don't that. say that, there's something wrong. I think. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's uh, quite the quite the story. Now, is this made so that um, you can have sequels to this book, or is this kind of it? Does it all clearly end in the book? Well, I'll let this out for those that are listening. Um, the book ends as if. That's it. There's no more. But um, there are going to be sequels. I've got two planned. Cool. Oh, it was all a dream. In, well, in a sense, <laughs> you, you, I don't want to give the ending away, but you're going to be wondering what the hell happened to the detective. We're just going to leave that in the air. And you don't know the end of truly whether he's still with us or not. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really good. Now, um, you've written quite a few other books so far. Um, what do you mainly write about? Well, I'm, I'm an author that I refuse to pick a genre. I do not want to be put in a box. So what I'm doing currently is if an idea pops in my head, I write the story. And then once it's said and done with, then I pick which genre it fits in. And um, so right now I've got horror, thriller, sci-fi, crime detective. Um, I even have a children's series. Oh, that fits. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so you're just kind of an all-around writer. It doesn't really matter. Um, do, you, do you put themes in your book that, uh, like, when you write these stories, whether it's crime or sci-fi or whatever category it goes in horror um do you have something you want people to get out of the book besides the story is there something else going on um wow i want to say for my novels probably not my children's series um i've done some videos and i leave little quirks of tidbits for the kids to realize you know like be nice you know, who you're treating and uh, to show respect these days because that seems to be lacking a lot. So I do have that kind of a theme going in my children's series, but most of my other ones, no, I'm not really trying to get a message or a theme out there in them. They're just a great book to read with, you know, I'm not trying to gain anything extra out of it than other a fan. Right. Well, so... What what book has had the most impact on you that you've written? Well, um, right now, the one I think has the biggest impact on me is my first one. Um, it's called Year of the Cicada. Um, it is probably, well, I'm going to say it is. It's my most graphic novel. It even comes with a warning. So ever since the day I wrote that, that, that novel, I'm just waiting for it to get out there enough because I'm expecting it to be quite controversial. 
So what do you mean? Just because it's so graphic, or is there some some theme to it that's controversial? Well, it's extremely graphic for uh, sex, adult situations, language. There's taboo subject matter in it. And that's what I'm expecting really to get hit back with. Um, One of the main characters in the book is actually a pedophile. And so I state that in the warning that, um, you know, I'm not writing this to lift pedophiles up. You know, I'm not doing anything to highlight them. I just want them to understand this character is just a character. But it gets pretty extreme because that's the character that it seems that when most people start to read this book, they have to stop. They can't make it past that character. Um, A lot of my friends and family that have finished the book love it. They're just ecstatic over it. But I expect that that character is the one that's probably going to draw me some heat. Well, so is that is that because that he is a pedophile, or is it maybe in the way that you write it? Like, what what do you think will draw draw the heat? Um, I think what's going to draw the heat is I do get graphic. I don't get to the point to where I'm trying to write erotic or anything like pornographic about him. Right. But when you start reading it, you have a full idea of what this guy's up to. There, there's no guessing. Mm. I, I, if all that comes out. You're going to learn what he's doing, how he's doing it, what, how it affects him. So there's going to be a lot of emotional insight into this character that seems to be the wall that everybody hits when those that can't finish the book. Yeah. Well, what made you go to write such a book like that? Like, what was, what was your thought process behind that? Like, why? Because um, you know, we all get ideas and we all have thoughts about writing and stuff like that. But to actually sit down and write it, do you have something you want it to get across? Then, or no? Um, it was my. It's being my first book. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. The reason I wrote it is I got jealous. I have a family member who is a best-selling author that I did not know, and I had always planned to be the first, and I found out I'm not. And I got jealous of her, and I said, okay, that's it. You know, we, I, I was supposed to be the first writer. And so after I started in on the book, I actually contacted her. Um, and I'll just give her a shout-out. She's A.A. Dark, or Jennifer Bradley, and uh, she writes erotica. And I wanted, what's the best advice you can give me for this book? And the best advice she told me was, you write it no matter what, bad language and all. You let them be who they are. And afterwards, if the publisher or anybody has an issue with it, they'll come to you about it. But she explained to me that if I'm too worried what I'm trying to write and say, I'm never going to achieve the kind of book that needs that, you know, I'm writing as a writer. I'm just going to cut myself short. And so I basically took her advice, and I dropped all walls, and I let my characters speak and say and do the things they're into in that book, and it is. It ended up being quite graphic. But um, at this point, I'm actually pleased with it because I don't know if it's my best work as a writer, but it is my largest novel to date, so... And it is my first, so it'll always be my baby. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So so what do you like to read yourself? 
I grew up reading, let's see, some of my first books was Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. As a kid, I was reading Poe probably by the third grade. Um, King, I love King. Uh, Piers Anthony, uh, Terry Brooks, Gene M. Owl, uh, Clan of the Cave Bear. So I've got that literally, I just kind of, I'm not really, if I'm stuck to a genre to be King, he's probably my biggest author that I read the most. But I try not to just get stuck with the genre. And I want to try and branch out and read other books. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you plan on doing with it then? You, you you plan on going further into writing and doing a lot more writing? I have another 21 story ideas sitting already on the shelf that I've already created the covers for. Almost every one of them, I've got the beginning and the ending already planned out. And so, yes, I, I'm actually, I've decided I was not sure if I wanted to do this as a career, but I realized that if I don't tell all these stories in my head while I'm still here, they'll never be told the way I can tell them. And so, yeah, my plans are to just spend the rest of my life writing. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a life doing that. Um, what, so, how do you feel about um, you know um, being out in public and that and and uh, reviews and fans and all that stuff like that? Do you have a good interaction with people? I didn't really get a chance to do that. I'm really so new to this that by the time it reached the point I had enough uh, foundation to go out into the public, we got shut down. And so I haven't had a chance to do any book signings. I haven't had a chance to go out and meet people, none of that. Um, I love fans, and when it comes to reviews, I'm all for them, whether they're good or bad. Um, my only stickler is if you didn't read the book, don't leave a review. I'm not one of those that just want to, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of people will pay for reviews. Well, you're paying for someone to read it. I mean, to give you a review, you're not paying someone to read your book. And, okay, yeah, you got great reviews, but if nobody's read your book and talking about it, then at that point you're cutting your throat. And so I, I just, I'm not one of those that want to pay for reviews. I just want an open and honest review from people that read the book. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's the way to do it. Um, wow. So at, at the end of, uh, so with real skin, when people read that book, when someone picks it up and reads it, um, what do you want them to take home? I'm hoping they will take home that by the time they get done, they're just going to sit there and think, wow, what a great writer. That's my issue with myself is I don't have enough feedback to know if I'm really good at this or not. Uh, the feedback I've gotten, not only from friends and family, I've got feedback from my publisher and a handful of authors. And so far, it's all been great, but I'm not really out there in the real world just yet. You know, I've, I've so, um, I just have my doubts. I have my self-doubts. So that does affect my writing because when my self-doubt gets bad enough, I just have a hard time sitting at the computer. So I just have to grasp onto what I've already got because so far everything's been positive, and I have to hang on to that. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. It's not. It's you shouldn't worry about that. Just focus on what you're doing, and um, and writing. Um, that's that's all that matters. You know. Don't. don't well, I'm finding out from what I'm getting feedback is that my writing is actually quite unusual. Um, a lot of writers, when you start a sentence, it has the um, capital word or, you know, like states or names are capitalized. But I'm one of these writers that if my character is upset, then I might capitalize everything they're saying because they're stressing that. And I want my reader to understand they're upset. And I'll even go as far as to put it in full capitalization as if they're really upset and yelling and doing that. And I'm starting to find out that when people start to read my books, at first it's offsetting because they're wondering why, but most of them, by the time they get done, they realize that's what I'm doing. I don't want you to just read my character's emotional. I want you to feel that while you're reading it. Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut did that in a lot of his books. <laughs> I was just accused of being, I was told I'm, that's so Vonnegut of you, because I actually wrote myself into Father May I, which is in the future. I wrote one of my children's bedtime storybooks, is one of the characters' favorites when they were a kid. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. Um, so, 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 what do you? What would you classify your writing style like? Then, would you um, have some sort of a description of that? Or I don't know how to play. Unusual is what I'm starting to find out that most people don't do that. And when I think back, a lot of the books I read, they didn't do that, and so. I don't want to say it's off-putting, and I don't know how to really put it, but like he said, you know, Vonnegut did that, which to me, that's a compliment, because to me, that man was a serious writer. I love that man and his writing. Yeah. I'm still just getting into his writing, but um, I find that to be an extremely high compliment, so I'm hoping that if that's what everybody else starts to see and realize, I don't mind that. So how much of the process are, are you taking on yourself? You said you, you've, you're, you're dealing with a publisher. Um, so so what's, what's your day-to-day -day process? Um, my day-to-day -day process right now is basically because I'm probably one of the brokest people you'll ever meet. I spend my day promoting, designing, editing, creating my own covers. I'm trying to do as much as I can to keep it as professional as I can and um, just stay busy and do my best to write because um, it keeps my mind off all these other things. Yeah, I guess it would. Um, so, wow, that's interesting. Um, so how did you get to writing all of these, like when you do horror and serial killer and stuff, stuff like that, but also doing children, children's book. Where, where does that come from? I had never planned to go that route. A children's book or series, any of that was probably so far on left field, I couldn't even see it. Hmm. And But when, I like poetry. Uh, that's why I first got into writing, which seems to be a lot of us from what I understand. And I started writing that back in high school. Well, one day I had this little character pop into my head, and I started doing a rhyme about it, and I thought, you know, that would be a great children's book series. Because 
I'm trying to keep the rhyme simple. The books are rhyme, rhyming. Um, they're created for those parents who might happen to have a Wednesday or Pugsley living under their roof. Um, it's those kind of creepy books that you would definitely have seen the Adams read on the series. And so each book has a quite a unique character told in rhyme. And also each book comes with a short story to help introduce the young reader to the scarier and more story, the scarier stories that have a lot more meat to them. And so I, it, it was just an accident. And now I've already completed three and I've got three more planned. And to be honest, I think that's probably one of my favorite things here in my writing is that unexpected uh, children's series that's coming out of this. Wow. Pretty interesting. Kind of fun. Yeah. 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 Quite a, quite a, an array of, of styles. Um, wow. So that's great. Um, so where do you see yourself going in the next five years? Like where do you, what books do you, do you see coming out next? Is it going to stay in the same, same forms of, of these stories or you got something different on uh, coming up? Um, my next book is completely nothing like I've written. It's my first stab at romance. Um, I'm actually, I, I love the song Delta Dawn by Tanya Tucker. <laughs> and I've decided one day, you know, nobody's really ever told that gal story. And so that's what I'm currently working on. It's called Delta Dawn. And it's about a uh, young gal that grows up in the late 1800s to the early 1920s. And you get to find out all about her and living on the Mississippi River and growing up um, with the uh, steamboats and the gambling boats and what happens to her. Like the uh, song says, she meets a, a surly man, a man that, you know, you really don't want your daughter near. And so um, I'm taking my first stab at it, and it is a little different. And I'm, uh, I think the biggest thing is because it's over, I'm going back over 100 years, is I have to really be careful because I've caught myself more than once describing something they're doing and realizing they can't do that because the technology didn't exist for them to do that. And so that's my biggest thing right now is separating myself from today's world and technology and trying to grasp something I've only read and seen in movies. Yeah, you know, you have to do a lot of research when you're doing timepieces. You have to really take your time and uh, go back and, and find out what, you know, how people were, how they lived, how they talked. You know, it's important. Or you yes, can be I, I find that really important. I, I stress that I do a lot of research on my books to begin with, especially if they're in a certain area that I research that I want. If I'm going to be in that area, and let's say it's around today, I want the people reading the book to recognize that area. And so that's what I'm doing right now with Delta is I'm, I'm researching like I can, because like you said, they have different thoughts, different speaking, different things they did for fun. So it's it's really this is probably the most research I've ever had to do for a book. Wow. Um, so now, do you have a website of your own or a place that people can come find you? Um, right now, I've got between Facebook, Instagram, like everybody else, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, WordPress, Goodreads. I've got a YouTube channel. 
I do my videos and read from my books. Um, I'm all over Google. If you Google EA Green, you're going to find every possible link out there related to me. Fantastic. Um, I just don't have my own personal web page yet. That takes a little bit of money from what I'm understanding, so I'm not quite there yet to set something like that up. Yeah. Well, one day soon, you know. Yes. Um, we will have your books, and I'll have some of your pages up on our website as well, so people listening can find you real easy. Um, and, yeah, so that's great. Um, um, our guest has been uh, E.A. Green, and the book we talked about was Real Skin and some of his other rating. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you, Alan. Mike, I appreciate it. Great stuff. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! How you doing? This is Gary Garver. In today's society, the majority of people are not getting enough sleep. I know I'm not. If you're like me and having problems getting a good night's rest, whether it's health or stress-related, I have a solution for you. South Pacific Sleep Lab. South Pacific Sleep Lab will do an evaluation of your sleep pattern and will provide a comprehensive study so you can start getting a restful, peaceful night of sleep. They take all types of insurance, which will cover your cost of the evaluation, and they will even provide transportation to their offices at no cost to you. For more information, contact Tony at 310-999-1887. That's 310-999-1887. Tony even stays awake all night, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, so you can sleep better and rest easy. South Pacific Sleep Lab. Start feeling better and getting a great night of sleep today. KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. Listen up, folks. Work injuries can be devastating and life-changing. If you were injured at work, you probably have a lot of questions. I'm attorney Daniel Rudbari, and I represent injured workers. Call me for your free consultation at 800-325-1454. I'll answer your questions and advise you on how to protect your right to make sure you get